Hey, everybody, I'm Hayden Bullock. I'm the host of the Working Therapist Podcast, and you're getting ready to listen to part two of the Special Needs Ministry at Mana Church. I'm so excited that you tuned in today. Part one is up at theworkingtherapist.com, so if you haven't heard that part, check it out. But you're getting ready to hear part two, where, again, our guest is Debbie Hume, who is the director of the Special Needs Ministry there at Mana Church, and Allison Nance, who is our very own project manager here at PDT. And we talk about the ministry there at Mana Church, how PDT has been able to be a part of that, and also some of the other programs that Mana Church is doing to support families with special needs. So get ready, listen, part two. It's great. Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bowling. So now let's start talking a little bit about the sensory room that I know you've set up at Mana Church. We've talked about this a lot, and then that's how we actually started was with equipment. But I know a lot of the children that you've got involved in your ministry do have some sensory integration issues or sensory needs. So let's talk about that sensory room and the stuff there in that space. I'm fascinated by sensory rooms. I think they're so cool. I'm learning more and more and more about them (laughs) just because of our own clinics and the needs of our kids and what we're trying to do and put in place. But talk to me a little bit about what you've got set up over there, Debbie. Well, to us. Mm-hmm. at the Cliftale site, we have what we call a quiet room, which is essentially a sensory room. And that is for the purpose of quieting children who are having a meltdown or having some behavioral issues and are stressed. It's not a very large room, but it can accommodate two adults and a child quite easily. We have a glider rocker in there. We have weighted blankets. We have mm-hmm. different weighted products, hand fidgets. If we need to, we can put a crash mat in there. We have a small enclosure type like a tent where they can crawl in. That's nice and cozy inside. We have beanbag chairs in there. We have snap bags. Snap bags. (laughs) We have a a ball like with nubbies on the outside. Mm -hmm. We roll on them or have them roll on it Mm -hmm. um, depending on what the need is. They have the rock around at one of the locations. Mana has five sites and the goal is to... Before we can launch at any particular site, they have to have the number of team members and a sensory room. Those are the two prerequisites. And so I've been going around and establishing quiet rooms at each of the sites. So four out of the five are finished. We have Mm -hmm. one more to go. Mm -hmm. And each quiet room is very unique to that site as far as the space and what is inside. Two of the sites are set up and tear down because we don't own the building. We just rent space, so Mm -hmm. we can't have anything big or elaborate Mm -hmm. like we can at the Cliffdale site. Mm -hmm. So it's more simple. What can we do as minimally as possible at this point that's not going to take up a lot of space that will calm these children? So it's utilized in the case of, you know, someone gets out of sorts, maybe irritated or upset in some way and starts lashing out a little bit hitting, kicking, biting, those kind of things, or just verbally being loud and aggressive, or just having a meltdown or a panic attack, Sure, you know, all of the above. Mm -hmm. So in those kind of situations, we need to help them calm down and to calm their sensory systems. 
because they're out of sync. So two adults will escort the child into the quiet room. We take out all the fluorescence, put dim sconce lighting in. So Mm -hmm. the room is very dim and then allow the child to choose what area of the quiet space would help them the mess. They tend to gravitate toward what they need. And then from there, we take their cues and try to calm them with weighted products or soft music, or sometimes it's very aggressive play for those children with problems Mm -hmm. with proprioception Mm -hmm. and vestibular issues. They just love it when we have the crash mat on the floor and you just pick them up and throw them on the crash mat Mm -hmm. and they just calm down immediately and they start laughing and Mm -hmm. giggling and Mm -hmm. are all happy. And then it's hard to pull them out of the quiet room and put them back (laughs) in the classroom. So then you got another issue there, but that's... So yes. And so I'll just say just a description of the crash pad is <laughs> a huge, almost like a bean bag, but instead of having beans in it, it has big blocks of foam. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very cushiony area for them to fall and just kind of be enveloped in. Yep. Sort of like if you ever watch the Olympics and watch pole vaulters yes. when they go over the bar and then they fall. Right. They fall into a, a crash mat, mm-hmm. similar to that, so. on a smaller scale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the crash mats that you can crash into and not get hurt. Yeah, it's padded and yes, mm-hmm. big and bulky and cushy. Mm-hmm. Yes, cushy. There you yeah. go. The kids love it. They yeah. do love it. And it's interesting how sometimes a lot of that big movement or crashing into things does calm them down. I've worked with several children who a lot of times will bang their head mm-hmm. and they're seeking that deep pressure. And so head banging sometimes or the biting can be misunderstood as them acting out or behaving badly, but it's not. It's just them seeking that deep pressure and a lot of input. And so sometimes when you do that, it just calms them right down. They stop banging their head. They stop biting. And they're just these happy little people. Yeah. That's what we try to do. That's right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the goal. Exactly. But it's great you've got set up for that to happen. And then you've got people trained who know what to look for and then can make it happen. And that's great with the two adults because when a child is banging their head or they're acting out like that, it can be a little scary and unnerving. If it's not your child, too, and you're not really sure what to do, you don't want this person to get hurt. And when they're Mm -hmm. banging their head on the floor, a lot of times the kids I've seen when they're doing that, they're really not going to hurt themselves. But it looks very scary because you don't want the child to hurt themselves. Sometimes the child could be very strong as well. So for safety purposes, Mm -hmm. it's best to have two adults. And then if someone needs to leave to go get something quickly or to get another resource or whatever, it's good to have those two adults. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes kids gravitate to one person's voice over the other. So it it might be that somebody's got a nice quiet voice that may work versus a louder voice. You never Mm -hmm. know who's going to work well with different kids and hey, whatever works, do it. So I didn't realize you were set up at all of four of the five sites now. That's fantastic. We have quiet rooms set up. We're still working on the team members. Shadow buddies and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that means you are taking volunteers. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Our site's not set up yet, so I'm definitely there for you. Yep. (laughs) We want people with passion. I have several other volunteers I can put in there, too. Yeah, I think between Alice and I, we might have you. Yeah, we'll have your team ready for you. We are. I think you'll be good to go. So how do you train the shadow buddies? What happens? How do they get so that they can be an official shadow buddy? Well, they can contact me Mm -hmm. or they can go to the church and there's an application that they can fill out to be a part of the children's ministry since this is under the umbrella of the children's ministry. So they fill out an application. It's just a little brochure to get information. And then from there, that application is sent to the office and they do a background check because all people that work with children have to have background checks. In the application, you check off special needs, and then that gets sent to me directly that the background check has been cleared, and then I can proceed to call you up and talk to you, and I provide an orientation. Mm -hmm. 
And it's usually a one-on-one orientation where I give you a tour of the Cliffdale site because that's where we're currently working every Sunday at the 1245 service. Right now it's 1230 in the summer. And I'll tour the facility and the quiet room and show you where everything is. And usually for one or two Sundays, you'll just be in a room and observing the current shadow buddies with the children, just to see the children, how we interact with them. They can read over the information sheet that the parents have put down about their child and then see them in the environment that we have them in. And then after observing for one or two weeks, then we can match them up or team them up with a particular child in a room with other shadow buddies. So they're not by themselves isolated in the classroom without another team member there with them. And so that's kind of how it evolves. It's sort of a mentoring type of thing. And so some people are not sure what to do if there's a meltdown. And so there's several of us that feel more comfortable with that and how to deal with that. So oftentimes I will kind of go alongside the new person, the new team member, and explain to them about sensory needs and feeding the sensory diet. And I'll say to them, by observing this child, what do you see? What is this child's body communicating to us this morning about what their needs might be and how can we best meet them? Some children, their legs are going, you know, underneath of the table. And so sometimes by massaging a little bit, you know, you're right beside them and you massage their calves and that calms them down or a weighted product perhaps. So we just kind of talk about it and share information until, you know, they feel comfortable. And obviously if someone's having a meltdown, I'm usually called in and I'm usually that second adult that goes in to help calm them and then get them back in the classroom. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great training. So it starts with the interview with you, and it was orientation, mm-hmm. then shadowing. observation, mm-hmm. and then shadowing. And-, and then I provide educational programs. And mm-hmm. so about every two or three months, we mm-hmm. try to have some sort of a workshop that can help parents and our team members and people in the community. So this year, we've had two workshops through the Autism Society of North Carolina in Cumberland County. And they gave us two wonderful workshops for how churches can start special needs programs and just some basic information about identifying autism. Right. And we had one on Down syndrome. And we just recently had one from your organization Mm -hmm. here with Rachel Beaver on sensory integration and Mm -hmm. the sensory needs of children. Yeah, so Rachel did a great job with the latest presentation, and she did one. It was actually called Tigger or ER: Sensory Awareness and Finding the Balance Between the Extremes. She talked about the over-responder, the under-responder, the sensory craver. She did a fabulous job. She had us divide up into little groups and do hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. She I, really did do a great job. I was very proud of her. And for me, as a non-therapist, it was very enlightening. I really, really enjoyed it and learned a lot from it. Some of the parents that were sitting next to me were saying, oh, Now I understand my child. Oh, now I understand why they do that. It's very eye-opening for the parents. They are really thrilled to get this information. Yeah, I even have a really great friend of mine who has a young child, and she's been concerned about some of his behaviors. And I was like, ha, now I know. I can call her and tell her this. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Well, we all have a little ticker Eeyore in us. We're all wired a certain way, but I thought Rachel did a fabulous job. PDT was very well represented. I was so very proud. She was fantastic. And I think the parents asked great, real-life, practical, functional questions, and I think she gave them some great stuff to take away and to use. We have one more presentation coming up. A lady by the name of Elaine Whitford 
is an attorney and director of development oh. with Disability Rights of North Carolina. And she's going to be coming down to give us some case studies to let mm-hmm. us be aware of the rights of those with disabilities in the state of North Carolina. Oh, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. I thought that would be well attended. And I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's information that parents really don't get that often. So that's great. So you were saying you were going to do a presentation every few months at MANA. Is that right? Yes. And the next one at MANA is November the 7th. Okay. But also there's going to be a workshop in Matthews, North Carolina in September, September the 18th and 19th. It's the Southeast Disability Ministry Summit called the Irresistible Church. It's a Johnny and Friends sponsored program. Johnny Erickson Tata is a Christian gal who had a diving accident as a young person Mm -hmm. and became a quadriplegic. And she's a great artist, singer, writer, Mm. publisher, and she has an international ministry and they donate wheelchairs all over the world. And in fact, in my work in Thailand, I work with the Thai government in the Child Development Center of Thailand, and they receive the wheelchairs from Johnny and Friends. And the last time I was there, they had two 40-foot containers shipped in, and hundreds of wheelchairs were delivered Mm. at the Child Development Center while I was there. So I took a photograph of the little sticker that says Wheels for the World, Johnny and Friends, on the wheelchair. And I sent it to the office in Charlotte to say, see, it really does go to all these places in the world. It's really cool. But it's a two-day workshop for churches and... And for people who are interested in disability ministry for their church and for parents as well. And I've been invited to be a workshop speaker at that event. Nice. So the people that should attend could either be parents, churches who are wanting to develop a special needs ministry, people who are volunteers in churches, any of the above, therapists, yes. medical people. It's a Christian conference. They have a ministry track, a caregiver track, a worldview track. So it depends on what kind of track that you're interested in going to. So if you're a parent or a caregiver, you'd probably go to the caregiver track. If you're a pastor or a ministry leader, you'd go to the ministry track. Or if you're just interested in understanding the Christian worldview of disability and disability ministry, okay. you'd want to do that as well. So, hey, now I just wanted to jump back real quick to Rachel. Yes. (laughs) Jump back to Rachel. So just because I don't want our therapist out there listening going, oh, my gosh, they're going to make us do a presentation someplace. (laughs) I want to just comment how Rachel became involved with the presentations. So Debbie contacted us to ask us if we had someone that would be interested in volunteering to present the sensory integration program. Mm -hmm. And so I put that out with Hayden to the staff, no pressure at all, just here it is if anybody wants to be involved in it. And Rachel jumped right on it. So she worked really hard in conjunction with Patty Zellner, who's a seasoned occupational therapist, to come up with that presentation and Mm -hmm. just really worked directly with you to make sure that it was what you wanted and what she could provide. And I just wanted to be real clear about how that all came about. (laughs) So it was not something that we made anybody do. It was something that (laughs) she wanted to do and really did it on her own time and just did a fantastic job. I appreciated her doing that because there was a definite felt need uh, on my part because I saw so many children with sensory issues and I'm used to them because I've worked with occupational therapists for years nationally and internationally. So I'm very aware, but I knew that the team members needed additional information with this, and our parents did too. And someone had purchased for us a Willaburger brush, which is an OT therapeutic tool. And I felt very cautious in using that in our quiet room because there's a certain protocol that goes along with it, and you have to have certain training to Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted 
an occupational therapist to address that with me, to either train me or some of our team members in the use of that, or just say, you know, let's leave that for the professionals and set that piece of equipment aside Mm -hmm. and just utilize other ways to calm the children. So that was one of my motivating factors in approaching you all for that, because that was a need that I had and a question I had. Yeah. And during that presentation, it was very evident Rachel's passion for what she does and her passion for working with children with special needs and her interest and passion for children who have sensory deficits. I think her examples were so functional, real life, applicable. We didn't force her to do that. That was all volunteer. It was all her. And you could just tell how much she cares in her presentation. It was great. She would get a paycheck either way. But but now she got a paycheck and a gold star. So that's even better. But it was incredible. She did a fantastic job. I can't say enough good about how she did. And we're so proud that she works at PDT and that she sees our little people and takes care of them like she does because we have some lucky little people and families that get to work with Rachel. She did a great job. Yes. Yes. So Debbie, you've got some great classes coming up and you let us know about the conference in Matthews on September 18th and 19th. And then you also have the Elaine Whitford workshop that's going to happen at MANA. And as those classes are available, we can certainly put them on our website so people can see those classes listed because I think the Elaine Whitford class is a fabulous opportunity for families, information that you really can't get many places. So that's great. Mm -hmm. So what else is MANA doing? You've got the presentation, you've got the specialty ministry. What else falls in this category? Respite care. Hmm. We offer respite care one Saturday per month Oh. from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And it's at the Cliffdale site. And what parents would need to do is contact me to let me know that they're interested. And then I will send them via email a form that they need to fill out. Because if they're going to be off campus, we have to know more information about their medical condition and who their doctor is and all of that sort of thing. So they could bring that document with them on the day. And the child with special needs and their siblings are dropped off. Mm. And ages 18 months to 12 years of age can come. And if the child is toilet training, they need to bring an extra change of clothes and whatever pull-ups or whatever extra ones in a little backpack that's labeled well with their name. And they have to bring their child or children their own lunch because many children are on very special diets and we don't want to mess with that. We want to be safe. And so the parents pack a lunch and label it carefully. And that's basically all they need to do. And then we assign a shadow buddy to each special child. And then we have other team members that work with the siblings. So we have games. We have a theme every time that we meet together, whether it's snowflakes or reindeer or Mm -hmm. spring flowers. We have a great person who is in charge of that that is very creative. And she plans all of that. And we have an activity room and then we have a quieter room, two separate rooms, because some of the children love the noise and the activity and we have the parachute and we play all kinds of fun, active games and singing and dancing and stuff like that in the bright, active room. But then we have the other room that adjoins it with the bathroom in between. And that room just has natural lighting, no fluorescence. We play quiet, twinkly music. We have Mm -hmm. lots of tunnels for them to climb in and tents for them to get inside and enclosed spaces and rocking chairs and a lot of weighted blankets. And some children spend the whole time in that quiet space because that's what appeals to them. That's what they enjoy. And then we have some tables and chairs with very quiet activities that they can do and they can eat their lunch in there if they want. So the shadow buddy just basically goes wherever the child wants to go and feels comfortable. 
and interacts with them and plays with them. And we just have a ball. There's no curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's just a time to play and have fun and a time for the parents to have time to themselves. And in the beginning, especially, I would have to have a box of tissues by the door (laughs) because when we first started this, parents would drop off their children in tears, not because they were having a hard time dropping them off, but it was the first time they had an opportunity to go on a date with their spouse or just to have some downtime for themselves to go take a nap undisturbed. And so they would just be tears of great joy and gratitude. And then they'd get me crying. And then we'd both be crying (laughs) at the door and say, go have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then our team members, when they see that, they feel like they're really doing a wonderful service for these families. Because some families are just struggling so terribly. Yeah. They get so consumed is really not the right word. But they are overwhelmed with the care sometimes that they have to give that they lose their spouse in that whole situation. So sometimes it's great to have that just one-on-one time for them to reconnect. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Or Mm. I know one family, the husband is in the military and he was deployed for a long period of time. Mm. And there was an older sibling. She was 12 Mm. and she had younger siblings that both had autism. So there are two children with a diagnosis of autism and one 12 year old typical child. So she was the mother's helper in managing these two children. And so when respite time came, it was the mom's time to just bless the older daughter and have quality time with her and thank her for all the work that she did to Mm -hmm. help with the two younger siblings. Mm -hmm. Mm. That gets me emotional thinking me about too. it, too. We would not need to be by the door, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> you would not put Allison or I there. It would be a mess. But I think that's fantastic because I do believe that the siblings sometimes of a child with special needs, you know, it's tough. It could be tough. They're oftentimes overlooked because mm. the needs mm-hmm. of the other children take precedence over their needs. Mm-hmm. And they understand that to some degree, but yet it's very difficult and mm-hmm. challenging for them because mm-hmm. oftentimes everyone sees their sibling and not them. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're like glass children in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's easy to take for granted, especially their help and how much parents probably depend on them to help the child with special needs or to be good while I work with your sister or brother or whoever it is. Right. Right. So how do you get to be a part of the respite care? Like what's required to be a family who participates? Well, they would need to be a member of Mana Church right now Mm -hmm. because Mana has such a large population of people. We want to bless the house first sure. before mm-hmm. we open it up to the general mm-hmm. public. Mm-hmm. So if you do attend MANA and haven't heard about respite and are interested in letting us know about your child, then I would love to get to know you a little bit better and visit your home or talk with you one-on-one to get to know your child a little bit better and then invite you to be a part of the respite program. Because we have to pair team members with these children, right now we've never turned anyone away, but the interest is growing rapidly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm putting it in um, a web format so that you register online Mm. and I'll put the number of openings according to how many team members we have. And so it's first come, first serve. Right. So I'll send an email out to all of the designated families that we have to say, this is the date, this is the time, and this is the website. Here's the link to register. And, you know, within a very short first 30 minutes, people are starting to register. Right away. <laughs> I, bet. I bet they are, yes. So what is the ratio of team members to children? We have one-on-one ratio, one team member to one special needs child. Mm-hmm. And then for typical siblings that are attending, it's usually one to three ratio. So you have a pretty decent sized team there to accommodate yes. enough slots. I always want more team members than children to serve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
if you want to be a team member who's a part of that, is that training similar to the Shadow Buddies training you were talking about earlier? It's very similar. Like I said, there's no curriculum there. It's just a fun time. Mm -hmm. And so people might want to just come and observe and hang out with us and play with us. And so if you want to come and observe, then we would put you with typical siblings just to play games and do crafts with them. But be in that environment with us to see how comfortable you feel in that environment. Then if you want to join us again, you can do whatever you want. You can work with typical children or you can work with our special needs children, whatever your comfort level is. And of course, we're all together. So you're never isolated and feeling like you're responsible to totally be in charge of that one child. So it's really a lot of fun because we all get along well with each other Mm. and we play with each other. The adults do with the children. And so it's just a big fun time for everyone. It takes a lot of energy. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say, you could have some younger team members with high energy. That would be, but you know, Alice and I get calls all the time for students who are thinking about becoming therapists, you know, occupational speech, physical therapy. They're interested just in the shadowing. And so this would look awesome on somebody's resume. If they were part of that program, like a high school student or a college student wanted to apply to graduate schools, being a part of that program on a regular basis shows the extra step, the extra mile. And it also would let you know if this is something you really want to do with your life, if you really want to work with children with special needs or kids in general. Mm -hmm. So um, what an opportunity. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm actually interviewing, I usually ask if there was a defining moment that Mm -hmm. they knew that they wanted to work for kids. And a lot of times it is through some kind of church function or babysitting or something like that that they've done for special needs child. Yeah, you're right. This is a great opportunity for people who want to maybe work with children with special needs. Yeah. Well, we'd be happy for them to be a part of our family at MANA, <laughs> to right. attend MANA, and they have to go through the background check. Sure. That's, you know, one of the major prerequisites is to be able to do that. And then if you're a high school student trying to get credit right. hours, you would need to be a part of MANA Church because, you know, it costs the church to do background checks. So they would like you to be involved in Mana Church, a youth from Mana Church to do that, and they need to commit to four respites. And as long as they're willing to commit to four of them, then that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would give them a lot of hours. It would mm-hmm. give them a lot of hours and a great thing to put on the resume because yep. graduate school is getting very, not getting, it's been very competitive to get into graduate school. And so you need to try to do something to set yourself apart. And this is a perfect opportunity because mm-hmm. this would definitely set you apart from another somebody applying. Mm-hmm. So Debbie and Allison, thanks so much for being here with me today. We're going to start wrapping this up. But Debbie, this is an incredible ministry. I appreciate you coming and talking to us today. I've learned a lot. I am very proud to be of whatever help we can be here at PDT. And you're doing some incredible stuff. And so it fits right in what we do. This is great to partner with people that share the passion. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. So check out www.theworkingtherapist.com and you can get copies of the show notes from this podcast because there are lots of great references. So check that out. And you can also look at other podcasts that we've done there. We've got a lot of them now. So check it out. And thank y'all again. This is great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And also stay tuned because don't I have it on audio that Debbie's committed to doing how many podcasts? (laughs) (laughs) So um, so At least four or five, I think. I don't know, but I think that's a verbal contractor I don't know <laughs> no but um, my pleasure yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but interesting and very knowledgeable so I'll make that happen okay thanks <laughs> all right so thanks everybody for listening and I'll catch you next time on another episode of the working therapist thanks for joining us for today's edition of the working therapist an extension of the pediatric developmental therapy network if you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.